The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Tuesday edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Kelsey Campbell in for Jaylen Nye this week. Well, today and tomorrow. Yes, hello. Hello. Uh, I'm Andrew Gross. I'm in for Andrew Gross. Uh, we're going to, you're off to houseboat on Thursday. Houseboating in the Shishwap, yeah. That's nice. It's one of those adventures I've always wanted to do, but I've never been able to because you have to have 12 friends, right? Well, no. You, you could either have 12 or more friends or have a lot of money. Okay, well, neither of those things are true for me, so I can't do it. Do you enjoy it? Do you do it every year? It's an annual trip, and we have uh, my husband's childhood friends and my childhood friends and some friends we picked up along the way from across the country, uh-huh. and we all uh, meet up on a boat and party and forget about everything we've done, so we have to do it again and <laughs> uh, try to remember the next time. Just remember not to all stand on one side of the boat at any given time. Uh, I'm curious as to how you organize that, because we've done the camping week for 18 years and this year didn't do it because each year it became harder and harder to negotiate the dates and get everybody together and people in yeah right and in your case and that's nobody has to pay we do a lot of other things for the campground their website the comedy show we do a lot of other things in compensation and have for 18 years because it started with us not being able to afford camping that's how it started um and then it's just become a tradition at the uh, old mcdonald's but you have to ask people for money. I do. And do you collect it all and pay? I do, yeah. Wow. See, that's the organization in you that I admire so much. So yeah, do you have problems it, collecting? No, I, I, no problem at all. Once you've gone houseboating, I'm sure anyone who's been knows that it is worth every penny. And for any, I have kind of six friends who've been there from the start since we started this four years ago. And now that they're in, they're they're always in. And then there's six people where they end up having weddings to attend or mm. they're off on a trip to Europe, yep. whatever it may be. So we bring six more people in who have heard about the memories that happen on a houseboat. So it's very easy. People are fighting to hand their money over. Really? Yes. Is that true or is it that is. sarcasm? No, it's true. Do you have any problems putting the guest list together? Is it like a wedding where you're thinking, I really like this couple and I really like that couple, but those two couples don't like each other? I have very easygoing friends. I bet you do. We, I'm, I'm always wonder how it's going to go and you always want everyone to walk away because everyone spends the same amount of money. People have to travel a long ways. It's a lot of gas money or flights are costly and you always wonder how it's going to go if I'm like, sorry, you're going to have to sleep on the kitchen table this year and if they're <laughs> going to be like, nope, this is crap, I hated it. But doesn't matter where people end up sleeping. I put together... Uh, little crews of kitchen crews of who makes what meal so every meal is covered really? off so you're not cooking every time and everyone Do you leaves. post that on a wall or something or you email uh, face, it to it's everybody? It's called a Facebook wall, yes. Really? Yeah. I'm quite uh, I'm quite impressed. I, I, I mean, not surprised because I know of your organizational abilities. I find the more that you organize in advance for anything and everything, the more you actually get to enjoy it when you get there. So if you deal with all of the planning and have all of the facts up there, there can't be any arguments. Everyone knows exactly what the cost is, so they can't say I'm ripping them off. And then I show up and I get to hang out like everyone else does. I'm not worried about running around and trying to cook for people. Hmm. Every time I talk about, you know, uh, my wife and I like to go to Vegas. We were in New Orleans recently. Whenever I talk about going on trips, there's one individual, and I think it's the same individual every time, will text me and text the show and say, you know, there's places to go in Canada. Like I'm somehow letting the country down by not spending my money in the country. Um, I get to choose how I spend my money, by the way. Just that's a small point. But anyway, but 
houseboating is something I've often thought about doing. The things that have stood in my way are the organization of it, getting enough people wanting to, to go, and then I guess just a lack of knowledge. You say 12, you have 12 people, or how many people do you have? Yeah, there's different sized houseboats, um, and we have one that sleeps 15. I typically take 10, but we've, we've paid for peak season. So everybody gets a bed? Everybody gets a bed. Okay. And then you can go much bigger than that. There's You can have a group of 30 if you want, and the price goes up with the size of the boat, and the slide gets bigger with the size of the oh, boat. Oh, yeah. And who gets to drive the boat? We have two captains. And Are you one of them? I am not. Oh. I, I do. I'm the token uh, drunk girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, meant, I meant to act surprised there. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> my, my husband and his best friend are the captains, and they've been doing it since year one, and everyone really... My husband takes his captaining duties very seriously. He's he out, should. He's out on the deck at 6 a.m., like, washing it off. Now, does he have his boating license? No, you don't have to. That's the terrifying thing about renting a houseboat, oh. is you just have to have a driver's license, and you have to be of drinking age, so you you have to be 19 years old in BC and have a driver's license. You can never. That seems it, like a recipe for disaster. It is possible that you don't ever. You wouldn't have ever had to have even stepped onto a boat before. You could get on. You can pilot that thing. And they ran into a lot of trouble. Uh, I assume that they give you instructions. Yeah, there's a 15-minute orientation. <laughs> what? And they show you where like the axes and. And how to turn on? Are the you pro- being serious right now? Yeah, Fifteen show- minutes and you're piloting a vessel. Well, it, depending on how many questions you have, it can go twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like where's the keys? I go through the company Twin Anchors, and they are amazing. And they're yeah, they're based out of Sycamus, and. They huh. had this huge bridge, and it, what was amazing about you have to go through these this bridge with the, the massive pillars, and you have to navigate right as soon as you pull away from the dock. And then if you don't immediately take a really, really sharp left, you hit a sandbar. So if you miss the bridge, you've got to dodge the sandbar. And for a lot of these people that are propelling these, these massive vehicles yes. forward in the water, this is their first time ever driving a boat so it is an amazing challenge and it was only this year after decades of being based out of the same spot in Sigmas they've moved to the other side of the bridge and the other side of the sandbar so now you just get smooth sailing makes it a little less exciting out of the gates but it's fine uh, I cannot drive to work without <laughs> witnessing somebody making an illegal left or right hand turn or making some other boneheaded driving maneuver and these are the same people who with that same license can pilot a vessel a lot of albertans out there i'm sure there are yes may i ask what the cost is just out of curiosity per person uh per person 333 dollars very reasonable for for this trip and this period of time this is peak season it's four days three nights We, we always do four days that way we only have to take off the friday and the monday and it's just enough time where you're still happy and everyone's getting mm-hmm. along and we haven't we've completely run out of booze by that time <laughs> so we have to get off the boat anyway um but if you go low season and that's like either side of july second weekend of september starts low season then it's only like 250 bucks a person so we decided hmm. we wanted to guarantee ourselves that kind of 32 degree weather sure and then all of these wildfires yeah. Out and, oh, and, yeah. What about and, that? And now there's so much smoke there that it's blocking the sun. It's going to be about 27 degrees, so we'll have to deal with that. Hmm. Have you ever considered the possibility of hiring a chef? No. It's it's a part of the fun getting to cook the meals with your your. That would be pretty group. cool, though, like for three days or, or four nights to hire a local chef to come on and cook all the meals. Wouldn't that... Yeah, Elevated says all the guy who said he can't afford to go on the houseboat in the beginning. Well, I think I probably have the financial means now, <laughs> although I've never been invited. 
either. But um, no, I just think that would be sort of a, that would take it to the next level. I'm sure it would. And if you would like to start that GoFundMe project for me. You shouldn't need it. If you have 12, did you say you have 12 people? That's right. Okay, so what's a chef going to cost? Hey, if you're a chef, what would you charge, Kelsey? To, to be stuck on a boat with a bunch it's of hooligans stuck on a boat. for four you're, days. That actually sounds fun. Like, you cook some meals, right? That's what chefs do. They love it. They're passionate about it. I did have a friend who DJed a bachelorette party. Another great idea. A he, DJ and a chef. He thought that was the best gig ever. Sure. 15... Mostly naked girls, four days on the lake, and he was the only guy. He had a great time. I did not see the conversation going there, but that's a, a DJ, you say? Yeah. Does it take any amount of skill to be a DJ? Uh, confidence. Yeah, and the right program. <laughs> yes. I mean, isn't it so, all computerized couple, now? A little bit of music. I, I, we talked about it yesterday. I was at my cousin's wedding over the weekend, and to cut costs, and one thing you should never cut costs on at a wedding is your DJ, because if you like, <laughs> if you true. want people to dance, it takes someone who understands, and there really is a science to how many fast songs you play, how many oldies, how many top 40, how many country. How, how many daughter, uh, daddy yeah, dances. There should be more father-daughter dances. At least two in your family. But they cut but uh, they, they decided the only place that they were going to short out was on the DJ. And uh, he would end up being a buddy of the groom. And the groom <laughs> feels terrible. It was his yeah. only job was okay. to get the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. He showed up there and played the wrong, actually, father-daughter dance to start out with. Mm. Wrong entrance dance, like grand entrance, first time introducing the bride and groom. Completely ruined that. And then we went up and we're like, hey, how about like these songs? Can you play them? He's like, oh, can you say that again? I need to download them. He's playing them off YouTube as the night goes on. Do you know the biggest mistake I think people make? Tell me. In weddings, uh, receptions, and when you're talking about cheaping out. Not necessarily cheaping out, but of the weddings I've attended. And when you're my age, you attend fewer. You know, at your age, you get invited a lot because your friends are getting married, right? And then you go through this. Yes, in the midst of crazy weddings. Right. Then you go through this whole period of everyone's having kids, nobody's getting married. Um, There's a few divorces and remarriages, but a lot of times they don't. And divorce parties are getting huge now. I did not know that. Yeah, it's a thing. Then you sort of wait for your children to get married, so you know you're going to probably get invited to those. So I'm back in that cycle now. I've gone to two of my children's weddings, and it's reminded me of who they choose as the MC is very, very important. And oftentimes they'll choose a family friend or somebody who's close to either the groom or the bride, or or they'll try and split it down the middle and they'll pick a friend who is common to the two of them. Mm-hmm. But it's the relationship they're focused on as opposed to the ability of the individual to actually control a reception. We have disagreed on this before. Yeah. Now, didn't you... I remember, actually, when you were planning your wedding, and I asked you that question specifically, who's emceeing it? Now, who emceed your wedding? My sister. And how did she do? Oh, nailed it. It Did she really, though? Oh, my gosh. It was unbelievable. And... This is where I think you're wrong. Yes, I think if you don't have a great relationship with both the bride and groom and you're just pulling a friend and it's your way of including them because you don't really want them in your wedding party, that's one thing. (laughs) And and then getting someone who's in the industry and hosted, I think it makes it so much more special to have somebody who can weave in. Like Their job isn't to steal the show. It's, It's not to be telling stories the whole time, but weave in little jokes, little inside things that show that they're connected to the couple. And I loved it. Actually, my sister ended up being the MC for my cousin's wedding on the weekend too, because they see her as a veteran now. Hmm. See, I would think it, uh, you have to have three points covered with your MC. One point is some knowledge of the couple, which I would totally agree with. Uh, two would be an actual ability to do it. Um, 
you know, in terms of mic technique and understanding that the mic is not a wand that you wave around and point at people with and you don't yell into the mic and you don't leave the mic three feet from your face so the people at the back can't hear you. And then the third would be uh, a sense of humor because it's important as you just said, to put a couple of quips in there and a couple of references without going too far. And you must have been at weddings, and I certainly have, where either the MC or the best man or somebody has gotten up and just done the most horrific job or made some reference that was so incredibly <laughs> off base. I can't wait to hear your example. I don't think I can tell it on radio, to be honest with you. And it was so shocking it this was. This was an MC at a wedding? It was the best man. <laughs> um, and it was years ago. And, I, you know, I'll be, I didn't plan to tell the story, but I'll be as careful as I can with it for, you know, because, again, I'm going to acknowledge who might be listening, whereas this guy didn't. So he just got up and he thought it was funny because this would be a funny story with his buddies. But it's not necessarily a funny story when the bride's parents are in the audience or aunts and uncles or children are in the audience. He just thought this would be a funny story. So the story he told was how the groom met the bride. And his story was basically that they had met at a party in which she had hooked up with several men before... She got to him. Okay, that's not a story to share. Right, and it was just, I mean, even among those who might find it funny, in a locker room, were shocked. And then he couldn't understand why he wasn't getting the response he expected why to get from that. Why everyone was throwing their plates and glasses at them. Right, so he doubled down and oh, went, no. yeah, went further, complaining that he was probably the only guy that didn't get... Oh. Yeah. But did he get a laugh? No. <laughs> no, he sure didn't. And, uh, you know, as they like to say, as I like, it was like a slow motion car accident. Like nobody could take their eyes off it. But, you know, and then it just the whole evening after that. And people tried to lighten the mood by making reference to it. Like, well, I'm not going to tell a story like Bob did or whatever. Oh, no. And I'm just sitting there like, just stop referencing it. Just, It's like in radio when you accidentally say something, just keep moving. So new thing to look for when at a wedding, mm-hmm. you know, when the bride walks down the aisle, the first place that everyone looks is the groom's face to see if his eyes are welling up, what his facial... They do? Yeah. Oh, everyone okay. wants to know what his reaction is. Everyone wants to see that I don't think of... anybody cares about the groom oh, at the wedding, ev- really. Th- we all placed our bets at the last weddings we've been to of who's going to cry first, the sister of the bride or the groom and you stare at them until they cry now instead of just looking for the groom to cry now at the at the reception you watch the bride's face when the best man gets up to give the speech just to see if she's about to have a meltdown i actually my best man gave the worst toast ever now that i think about it at my wedding to carol Actually, you know, we really didn't intend to get here. I was just asking you about houseboating, and here we are on weddings, but now I'm sort of fascinated by this. If you have a really bad wedding reception story, give us a call, 496-0063. Has to be PG. Like, make it... Or if you text it in, we can work our way around it. We can work our way around the text as well. Just a devastating speech. Yeah, just some really bad (laughs) moment. And we're not going to judge you for it, even if it was you that did it, if you made a mistake. I'd be interested in hearing that as well. Uh, We'll take our first break, and then uh, I'll tell you what the toast was my best man made. And it changed our relationship forever. That's coming right up.
right. Uh, just got this text. Honestly, I can't see there being a worse speech than one you just told us. Uh, <laughs> says Walt, but yeah, I think this might fall in the category. Uh, and how about this text? I haven't had a chance, Kelsey, to read it. So do you want to, I'll tell the story. You want to read that one and make sure it's uh, okay. arable for 6.30, Chet. So the toast that my best man gave, and here's the deal. I had been married before. I had um, been to weddings because the first time I got married, I was at that age where, like I said a moment ago, you go to a lot of weddings. So I used the criteria that I just uh, suggested. I got a stand-up comedian to be my MC, but he was not long into the business, nor was I when I married Carol. Carol and I met when I was an amateur, so this guy was just above amateur status, but I felt he'd have good mic technique and a good sense of humor, and he knew us both. He, in fact, introduced us, so he knew Carol before I knew Carol, um, so he knew a lot about the couple, and, uh, you know, so I thought he'd be perfect. There were red flags leading up to the reception because... <laughs> As there are. Yeah, he started asking me, well, I don't know how to do this. He started complaining um, because he was also my best man. So he was my best man and the MC, and he was complaining that he just wanted to be a best man, and he didn't want MC duties, and and, you know, then he was like, well, I don't even know what you're supposed to do. So, and this is before Google, so I had to, you know, go to a... A bookstore and find a book on MC in a wedding and I highlighted chapters for him and suggestions as to in what order you bring people up to make toasts and what's it like living in the dark ages it was quite something now yeah. when I did homework it was Encyclopedia Britannica you probably not even familiar with okay that was the worst but anyway uh, so I said to him and he had a difficult situation in that I have children from a previous marriage. So you want to make mention of the fact that my children are there, but not, you know, bring into it a previous relationship. So you have to tread a little lightly on, on stuff like that. So the toast he made, and he wouldn't show it to me. He's like, no, I want you to react. And I'm like, okay, I trusted him, which was idiotic. And like your friend, uh, you know, your, your story, that was the only thing I had to do was arrange the MC, which I did. So he gets up there. And the first thing he mentioned was my kids and said that they were the best couple or the nicest looking couple in the room. So like, oh, that's fine. Really, it's the bride and groom are probably the best looking couple in the room. But that's fine. That's nothing. That's, you know. And then he said that I was a great parent because many times when I had the kids um, for a weekend that at two or three in the morning, uh, he would say... Um, he would say to me, hey, let's stay out drinking. And I would say, no, I got to go home because the kids will be up or I got to pay the babysitter. <laughs> I was like, that, what? That's your definition of a great father is that at three in the morning, I'm going to call it quits so that I can pay the babysitter. But that wasn't the worst part. Then he got to how I met Carol or the time prior to meeting Carol. And the story he told was that I had been living with another woman who he named, uh, named her full name, first and last name, that I lived with her for two years and that she dumped me, that she dumped me and left me and that I had phoned him in tears and said that that was the love of my life, that nobody will ever replace her, that I don't think I'll ever meet anyone that is as good at several different things as her and that uh, I might as well give up. I'm going to be alone the rest of my life. And then he went on to say that he advised me, no, 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 somebody else will come along. Don't you worry. And, and then said, and several did. There was three or four that, you know, he went into my dating history 
Oh, my God. Yeah, and in each case, he would say, and when that didn't work out, he'd say again, you know, Andrew would say, oh, you know, what's the point of even trying? And he'd be in tears, and then Carol came along, and I just, I was mortified, as was the crowd, and I turned to look at Carol, and it, you know, uh, when you're dating, engaged, and leading right up to that I do part, you think you know your wife. Like, you think you've seen every expression that's possible on that woman's face. But until she actually says I do and everything changes, um, I mean, the rest of that I do sentence is I do not put up with your friend's BS anymore is part of, you know. But I turned to her and just the look scared me so bad. I just turned back to, to Chris again, my best man. She was seething, Ooh. seething. And I'll tell you how bad it was. Uh, she deleted the the video. I don't blame her. She just, I don't, she I didn't want to keep that as a memory. I just didn't take video of my wedding. That's that better. is a solid suggestion mm -hmm. right there. And my only regret in her deleting the video was that her aunt wiped out on the dance floor. And man, I would love to have that. I could have probably made 10000 with that. She had a drink in one hand, a man in the other, and wiped them both out. And we had it on video, and that got deleted. That, for me, was the highlight of the wedding. Okay, we have to revisit this. Okay. We have to come after the break because yeah. are we getting some excellent stories? Really? Keep them coming. Perfect. If you've had that just that devastating train wreck of a speech <laughs> delivered at a wedding that you've been at, if it was your wedding, share this story. We're going to revisit uh, some that are coming in at 6.30, 6.30. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.